Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators on today's episode we have special guest rod vilhauer with us rod's known garrett since he was a little boy but that's not why we're having him on rod started a business with dennis rodman back in 1990 and built it to over 400 million dollars only to see it collapse in 2008 rod's going to share some insights from what it's like to be at the top have famous rich friends that everybody knows, as well as all the pitfalls and challenges that are on the way up and on the way down. More than anything, Rod shares his valuable experience and insight as a man who loves Jesus, wants to advance the kingdom, and can tell you what it's like to be there and what really matters. You're going to really enjoy this episode. It's jam-packed. That's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. Your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. No, you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man who is a human Swiss army knife. That's right, friends. <laughs> the former Navy SEAL. Garrett Unklebach, a man who can shoot you from 600 yards out, patch you up, and then make you the best meal you've ever had, all in the same day. <laughs> Factual. There's some, hey, there is actually so some truth in that. That one was inspired by the events. We are currently, this is a unique podcast for I've us. I've never called myself a Swiss Army knife, but I have called myself a human leatherman or a human utility. Yeah, I was going to do something more American, but I thought for people that are like in California, that I don't think they know what leatherman is. I didn't know what it was until <laughs> I moved to Texas. It's so. unfortunate for you if you don't know what a leatherman is. Okay, well, let's not judge the, the audience before we ask them to listen to what we're going to say. But it's a unique uh, podcast today. We are literally sat in the lounge at, at in a house where we are off hunting. Uh, which inspired that intro because uh, yesterday shot my first deer, uh, guided by Garrett, which was great. This and is uh, we're we're back a year later, yeah. in, in the place where uh, Nick missed last year, okay. where we nearly froze to death. Yeah, uh, had a c- comedy of errors uh, yeah. that we learned a lot of great lessons from trying to get the vehicle started and all of those things. 
Also, um, Nick's children's favorite episode where Nick got peed on by the cat. Yeah. Uh, great lesson. So we're, we're back a year later in this very place. Much better weather. Nick got his first deer yesterday. We're sitting in uh, Rod Vilhauer's cabin, who I'll introduce here in just a second, uh, with the most breathtaking view out yeah. over three different rivers coming together. Um, but we're here and just out with some of the mighty men, getting a great hunting experience. Nick got his first deer. Some other guys got their first deer, um, all by Rod's blessing and him bringing us here. So let me introduce. Uh, and, and real quick, sorry, before you do, I, I just want to say to everybody out there, um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the, the, just to finish that intro bit, I also made a, a very basic mistake while learning to skin a deer and oh, yeah. stabbed myself in the arm with my skinning knife, uh, which was just more humbling than anything. And I had a few suggestions from people, such as vinegar uh, was one. <laughs> Someone told me to put Clorox on it. <laughs> also had super glue, staples, and electrical tape. And I was like, guys, go get Garrett. Like, he knows what to do. He came right in. He was like, okay, cool. Bam, done. So that's why I was like, man, thank God you have a friend like that around. Because I probably would have had Clorox, electrical tape, and, you know, been, like, having to amputate today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I'll, yeah. Before, and Rod, man. I'm excited for you guys just to hear his voice. This, like, <laughs> without disrespect to any of the other, we've had some great men on our podcast, but nobody else has a voice like Rod's. Man, y'all are going to enjoy this. So let me introduce Rod really quick, and then and then we'll jump into some of Rod's story. Oh. Well, for for growing up, who Rod was to me before I really knew who who Rod is and who Rod who Rod was. Uh, Rod was a guy who helped build Elevate Life Church before mm-hmm. it was ever Elevate Life Church when it was Celebration Covenant. Uh, before Pastor Keith, who's been on this podcast was the pastor. Um, Rod was a man in his life and you were, and, and we can get into some of that if you want to Rod, but Rod was attracted to pastor Keith. Like my father was and said, I'm going to help make that dream happen. And so Rod was in the room with my dad and a few other people when pastor Keith said, Hey, we're going to start this church. And, you know, even though this podcast isn't about our church, so much of our church is attached to yeah, for sure. so much of the podcast is attached to the church because of who it's made me to be. And many of our guests mm-hmm. are, are attached to that as yeah. well. And Elevate Life Church just probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for uh, for Rod. Rod pay, played a pivotal piece in that the same way. You know, Pastor Keith is the leader and the visionary there, but Rod played a pivotal piece in that the same way that my dad did. And I grew up uh, literally hearing Pastor in church when I was a little boy sp- preaching to Rod sometimes <laughs> at times uh, as Rod was on his journey, as Pastor called it for, for many years. Rod's on a journey. Rod's on a journey. Rod's an incredibly successful guy. He would never share this about himself um, it's, I mean, it was something that I think caused me to ponder, caused so many other people to ponder when we were, I think this is one of the most credible stories of our church when the church was being built. And today that, I mean, our church property in the buildings around a $40 million, um, building and, and property when the church was being built, uh, at the time, it was the largest church being built in the country in, in, two, wow. in 2008 I didn't know that. during the financial downturn banks who did church projects, um, were closing their doors for the first time ever. You wow. know, banks, I mean, churches not being able to pay their note. And I, I may get, I may miss some of the details on this and Rod can correct me. Uh, but the, our bank was trying to shut down our note on the, the church project, right? That, hey, all these other churches are shutting down. We're not going to let you guys continue building your project. And in that same time, Rod writes a million dollar check to the church. Mm. First, first person to write a million dollar check to our church, Rod writes a million dollar check which just so happened to be the amount of money uh, that we needed to convince the bank that we're going to continue to build this project, wow. right? And so the the economy's in a downturn. Rod steps in in a pivotal way, and this is also in a season in Rod's life where he was on the way down, right? Right. Wrote the biggest check of his life in the toughest season of his life, 
And if I told no other story about Rod, I think that is a story that can tell you what type of man he is, Mm -hmm. that he's not a person. That's why he's us. That's why he's uh, a guest on the impossible life. That's why he's someone that I honor and admire because in the toughest season of his life, he wasn't selfish. Yeah. He, he knew what was most important. Uh, so, so we're going to get into that story. So you're going to hear about that. Yeah. So just, uh, and then, and then we'll, we'll jump to Rod. So Rod, who Rod Vilhauer is, Rod Vilhauer is probably one of the best dirt workers in the South of America in, in the South of the United States, uh, built a massive company, Rodman excavation, which what was its biggest year over 400 million? Is that right? right at, Ron? Right at 400. It was pushing 400 million. And, uh, so Rod's like a uncle to me. Um, he was he's a he's a father in my life, and just honored to have you on the podcast today, Rod. He's someone. Rod is someone who understands kingdom in a way that few other do. Rod is a, is one of a few voices in my life uh, that when he starts talking, I, I don't want to talk anymore, and I just want to listen to what he has to say. Um, so I'm very excited to be able to bring him on the podcast today, and for uh, you know Nick and I are at the same benefit that everyone else yeah, is today. Big time. So Rod, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Uh, that was quite the introduction there, Garrett. And, you know, I look at Garrett. Uh, I've known him since he was a little boy and uh, so proud of who he's become. Brings, it makes me emotional. But uh, Love you, Ron. Thank you. Hey, anyway, um, <laughs> it's been a journey, and I'm still on that journey. And uh, I can start – I could start way back, but I think really what's important, uh, when I met Pastor Keith, um, I was just on the uprise in Rodman starting to make a little money, but our hearts were bonded immediately, mm. and uh, he would come to Frisco. and. What I'd attracted have, you to Pastor Keith? Well, What, what made you latch on to him? So I was at Covenant Church with right. Pastor Hayes, and Keith would come in about once a quarter. Right. And uh, heard him preach first time, and this is my guy. Yeah, that's the second. Fair enough. The second time that he came, uh, I was sitting in there at the interview listening to it, and it was it was the third time that he preached on the Ark, Ark of the Covenant, the showbread, the whole deal, and that's where a friend of mine got saved. But the second time, after he was right at closing, doing an invitation, like the Lord spoke to me, I want you to write a check for $10,000. And $10,000 was a lot of money at that time. I said, I'm thinking to the church. He goes, no, to him. I wrote the check for $10,000. I walked down to him, and I just pulled his coat pocket open, and I stuck it in there. And I said, great word. And uh, I turned around. I said, hell, I didn't even introduce myself. I turned around <laughs> and walked. He goes, wait a minute. Hold on. Come back here. So I come back, and he pulls the check out, and he goes, I think you've got too many zeros on the check. I go, no, sir, I don't. And he just said, tears, tears in his eyes, he said, thank you. About three or four months later, he had talked Mike Hayes. He said, listen, you need to honor the men that support this church. So he called a Saturday morning meeting together, and he invited me. At that time, I had already donated three four hundred thousand to build that church yeah so i'd only seen pastor keith one time i'm walking out to go to the bathroom pastor keith's walking in he looks at me he goes dirt man (laughs) so there we started a relationship and then for several years he was still traveling the whole deal when i came to frisco there were 2800 people there yeah and i just knew in my heart 
that I was going to be a part of building a great church in Frisco. I had no idea. You know, Ray Winston, and you helped build the city. And, and you know, when God, when I, when I stopped there, the only reason I stopped there, because I'm a farm boy, a town of 40 yeah. people, and there were still farming going on everywhere. I said, you know what, I'll just stop right here. Plano, too big, Dallas is crazy, I'll stop right here. Had no idea. It's almost like Abraham. Yeah. Because when yeah. I left home, my dad said, you'll be back, you have no resources, you cannot make it. Of course, in my mind, I go, I will make it. So I stopped in Frisco, and then after I met Pastor Keith, I felt purpose. Yeah. I knew I was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. For two or three years, he goes, ah, I go, hey, when he started church, and he started, ah, I'm not called a pastor. When Marianne Thomas died, she was a matriarch of that town. Her dad owned the cotton gin at one time. Right. He owned half the town. So when he did that funeral, George Purefo, the city manager, called me and said, hey, and I meet with that pastor. We're looking for a pastor at the First Baptist Church. Right. Anyway, we get lunch. Pastor Keith goes, I'm not called to be a pastor. Of course, at 40, right. answered the call. Yeah. There was 14 of us. Scott was there. Yeah, pastor Keith is very, very uh, intentional with that, that he had said. People would always ask him if he'd be a pastor because he's an evangelist. And he said, you know, I'll make that decision when I'm, when I'm 40. And he right. felt like he's a part of Pastor Hayes' church. And so when he was 40, he went to Pastor Hayes and he says, I think I'm supposed to be a pastor. Will, do you, will you support me in that? You know, There's that's, so much honor in that. Yeah, and authority as well, understanding of authority. That's the word, and honor, yeah. something that Pastor Keith, of course, has taught all of us yeah. and has preached. It's for, honor is so important, and for so many people, they don't understand honor or authority. Right. And that's one thing he has honored since the day I met him. Hey, can we – so? Obviously, Rod's on here, and we, we you have the connection. So now you guys understand how Rod's connected and how Garrett's grown up with him. But, I mean, we, we touched on it in the beginning. You grew a business to $400 million. I'm going to give people a little spoiler alert. It, it fell apart. Now, and like Garrett said, you're a person who has resilience, and you've bounced back. I mean, you're a kingdom man. You have Rod, so many great stories. Rod got to build it, disassemble it, so he could rebuild it better. It, exactly. And not many people will ever experience that. And you, you've, I mean, you talked about it, you felt a sense of purpose with Pastor Keith. So I, I do want to get into the story, and I want to. I think there's so many lessons for anybody to learn about success and just all the things that we're going to get into. But let's like from the start. How did you start Rodman? Because because. Yeah, and I mean, as I understand it, Dennis Rodman was involved, which is where it got the name. So I'm so curious about this. So Barry Rich, um, who was my partner, he, we were, he and I were just working together for Jay Saldy, the old Dallas Cowboy number 87. But Dennis Rodman was right ra- when he went to Southeastern Durant, ended, yeah. ended up through Brian, Barry's little brother. He lived with them all four years in Bochito, Oklahoma. While no way. He, while he huh. played ball. So he's now with the Detroit Pistons. I think he's been there two years. I quit Jay Sally when I had five hot paychecks. Barry quit the same day, jumped in the truck, said, I've been waiting on this. So I, I went around to, I don't know, 30 banks trying to raise just enough money to buy four pieces of equipment. It's a no. We talked to Barry's dad, Jr., and he goes, well, why don't you call Dennis? <laughs> so we called Dennis, and Dennis goes, well, you're going to have to come up here to Detroit and talk to my manager. I'm going, okay. So we fly up there. Anyway, have the meeting. Ended up, he got 51, Barry and I got he got 52. We got 48%. But I, I told Barry, 100% of nothing is nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's take the deal. We started with 24000 actually $42,000. Barry and I put in 10 apiece. He, Dennis put 22 in. Our first check was $12,430 just for workers' comp. We started, and it was the first year was tough, tough. Anyway, 
it once we got moving the company grew. and what what was year one when was that year one was 1990 1990 okay. so we started we did the add-on to oscar meyer in sherman where you lived yep, yep. right and that's when desert storm broke out and that's how i remember yeah so after that never ever stepped back after that job they started piling up and Start. We got work for Syntex, which was the number one home builder. Once we started benching their lots and doing it right, that thing it exploded. So it grew, it doubled, tripled, and ultimately we were there eighteen years, but got to right at four hundred million. Had offices in Austin and San Antonio. Uh, the important thing of all that during that time, of course, tithing, giving money. Pastor Keith and I are very close. So the king and the priest. I'm the king, he's the priest. And when you get to, when Cat Caterpillar Corporation tells you, you need to write a book, we've never seen a company, Heavy Civil, operated this way with the management of equipment, the amount of profit, the whole deal. One of the things Rod did that I noticed growing up, and my first vehicle was a Rodman truck. I was a used Rodman truck, so my first vehicle. Um, you ran well, it into some water. I did. You? I did. <laughs> we can we can come back to that story because that's, that's a great story. Um, and, and we fixed it. Yes. But um, one of the things growing up, because like, I grew up, you know, in the shadow of, of Rodman, grew up seeing them all over the town that I was living in, all of Rodman's equipment was always impeccably clean. And it stood out from, I mean, yeah, I never saw a Rodman truck driving down the road that was dirty. And you were talking earlier about, and I'll let you continue to talk about that, but uh, about how clean the interiors were, which I never even saw. But all of their equipment on a, on a muddy job site. It's like how on a muddy job site where bulldozers are pushing mud around is all the equipment clean. Now, and just so people, because I think we've all kind of assumed it because we all know each other. For people that don't know, Rodman was, would you, it was a dirt company, like excavation. And, yes. and that's, that's what y'all did. I just want to make sure people understand that. So think about every excavator you ever drive by that's on a construction a big site. Big bulldozer. Yeah, any bulldozer, pick anything. It's They're covered always in mud. covered in, in mud. And you just you don't even pay attention to it. Nasty. So, yeah, and you had, you had clean equipment all the time. Why, why did you do that? Well, you know, it's an issue of excellence. And really, when you, we were talking just earlier, you know, Pastor Keith always said, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's right, yeah. So we created a culture of we're going to do everything right. The equipment's going to be kept clean. It's in operational order. Our resale value, people would come from around the world at Ritchie Brothers, and every machine had a, a packet with it at that time hung on the machine, but you could look at every repair, every oil change. The history of that machine was there, and they knew, and it brought maximum dollar but it really was it was the face of who we were right um so it is an issue of excellence that's as simple as it gets yeah yeah and you, and you said that that was something that you always had was you had an eye for cleanliness but but you just you put it in there how did you you can want that as a business right. owner to have a clean equipment but how do you get the people on your team to want to clean the equipment you know it's truly um the hardest person you'll ever lead is yourself. Yeah. And when you live that, I kept my own personal vehicle that way. I expected the same from everyone else. Barry, he's also a very clean person. So that, we started small. I would literally load a D6 and haul it to the car wash in Frisco, <laughs> wash the mud off. When I left, it would be a foot of mud laying in there. I, I remember because I, I riding around with, with Ty, that you had an, uh, I don't know, some kind of business deal with the cleaning because he would just come through and punch a code and they would just let the cars come through. So what we did for company vehicles, here was your responsibility. 
you had multiple places in town where you could have your oil changed and have it serviced, and you could have it washed multiple. We got some of those car washers. They would wash the truck twice a week. We gave them so much business. They would. It was cheap. It was like $5 a car wash. Yeah. But we gave them. We had, at one time, we had 450 pickups, right? So when you start thinking that way, yeah. and when when you tell people, we'd put a sticker you know, on it. It was cleaned by whatever car wash. It's advertisement for them. So when you think that way, you create. Yeah. Mm. Remember, remember what we said about culture. When yeah. you have great culture, yep. people will figure out how can I work with them. Yeah. Well, and you, but you reinforced this, Rod. You said that you would go around to the job sites and just show up and randomly inspect things. And sometimes you would reward someone who had the cleanest vehicle or the cleanest uh, work machine, right? Like you just give them a little bit of cash bonus. Well, what I do is I, I just so we'd line the trucks up every night when they came in. Anything needed to be worked on had a tag on it. But I would walk that line. I would open trucks. And when I would find the cleanest truck, I would say, who's the driver? Here's a hundred, give him a hundred dollars in the morning. Well, of course he gets on the radio. I got a hundred bucks. Yeah. So it became a competition. I love and that. There were time, there are levels of excellence and some people have it. Some people don't. Some people have to be taught and those people, the best way to teach them is to reward right mm. now. If he, if the guy doesn't get it, I would literally fire people. Mm-hmm. When I find a truck full of trash, now they know from the other side. I reward, but if you don't, you're not it's, here. It's how you do anything. It's That's how right. you do everything. But, but I want to so- share. I want to share something with you on excellence, Rod. Because this is kind of the way that I see excellence, and I want to hear y- your thought on this. I feel like because excellence is one of my personal values, right? Like this is a way that I know I can add value to anything. It's something that matters to me, and I feel like the same for you. And you may have some some different or deeper wisdom on excellence, but I feel like there's two levels of excellence. Level one of excellence is like, do you walk past the trash? Like anyone can know that and see that. It's just really, are you going to put in the effort? But but uh, the second level of excellence is like I talk about when I walk on, you know, some really nice, you know, class A development. I'm paying attention to all the little details because someone who has more wisdom and experience than me has said this would make this great. And I didn't know this before, but now my level of understanding has grown. And so there is there's a level of excellence that requires wisdom to know what what best looks like, and that's a deeper type of excellence. So to me, excellence is, you know, wisdom comes from God. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at the, look at creation. It's excellence, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. to me, it's, it's uh, as either you grow into that or you don't. You know, when give me an example. When Rodman was at its peak, I had 20 custom suits. So when I would fly to Austin, San Antonio for my four days a week, I would pack Fall clothes, winter clothes, whatever it was, but I had, I would, I dressed for the job when I'm meeting with presidents, companies, things like that. After Robin went down, I still have some of those suits <laughs> yeah. and some of those shirts. Rod's always dressed, been dressed sharp. Well, so I still wear regular jeans, but my jeans are pressed, right? My boots are 15 years old, but I keep them polished. They're nice boots. Right. Okay. So excellence is not about how much money you spend right. or what you own or buy. It's what you, how do you deal with what you have at the time? Yeah. And if it's you good. can't take care of what you have today, yeah. it's like make your bed, mm-hmm. right? If you can't do the little things, you'll never. That Those that, who are faithful over little will become rulers over much. Exactly principle. right. Yeah. And when, when you abuse or you don't honor what you've been given, you're not going to, God's not going to give you more. Right? So I want to come back to where we were, which was 
you said Kat was talking to you saying, you need to, you need to write a book with what you guys are doing. Okay, so and here's what happens, and I've said it many times. I got to a point in my life, two things. One with Pastor Keith, and when he was giving me correction and direction, always in love, that man has loved me unconditionally since the day he met me through all my ups and downs. But it got to the point where, okay, now I'm the king. I'm giving. I'm top giver. I'm whatever. You're the priest. I'll be the king. You be the priest. Now, hold on. You're right? Yeah. So on the other part of that, when the secular side of the world starts saying, you need to write a book, I call it breathing your own exhaust. Right? <laughs> so That's a good you, one. You know, you wake up and you go, you know what? I may be a little sharper than what I thought I was. Yeah. So then pride, and pride is the downfall of everything because it becomes about you. So through that process, that's where I became lukewarm in church every Sunday. Because you, you followed God since you were a little boy. Yes. Being raised on the farm by Germans, yeah. right, it was tough. We worked daylight till dark, never worked Sundays. Every Sunday was the Lord's Day. My dad pastored two churches every Sunday morning. Wow. He went to Moody Bible Institute, met my mom there, got married. When he came back to Lowell when Grandpa had his heart attack, there was the Peace United Church of Christ, didn't have a pastor, and the Altona Church, which was 20 miles south. They asked Dad, would you just cover until we find a pastor? Dad goes, of course. For 35 years? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So he would go to Altona. They would have church first, Sunday school after. So to finish church, he would drive to Loyal. And then we had Sunday school first, and he would preach two services every Sunday morning. My dad did that for little or no pay for 35 years. Oh, my goodness. Dad is truly an entrepreneur, yeah. but he never left the church. He raised us. It was tough. He was hard on us. He was the only boy, five sisters. And I found that after my grandfather, who was my favorite man on the planet, taught me more than anyone at a young age. But I asked Grandma, why is my dad so tough? She goes, well, what you don't know, son, is that your grandfather raised him exactly the way he's raising you. Of course, now Dad and I have a wonderful relationship. 87 years old, honors God. This place that we're sitting on, um, the 3,000 acres, is he wants it totally used for ministry. So anyway, learned how to work. That's something that so many, you, you're not born with the desire to work. You have to be taught or you have to choose. Just like you, Garrett, to step into a Navy SEAL, that training. You know, I was thinking about these guys sitting here. There's so many people that want to hang around Garrett because he's a Navy SEAL. They have no idea the price he's paid. Just like people want to hang out here and hang out in the church, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. But yeah. they don't want to spend time with the Lord. They don't want to yeah. be in the word. They don't want to obey the word. They don't want to walk in obedience. And therefore, they're lukewarm. You know, we've said it, Pastor Keith. There's men he sees sitting in that audience for 10 years. They're the same man today as they were 10 years ago because they don't choose to t do the hard stuff, right? It's work, right? And any part of your life is. So excellence is work. Success is work. And I'll, I'll stop at that. But oh, That's so good, man. People want the fruit, but they don't want to take the time to grow it. Yes. Right? That's, that's the analogy. Well, and here's the deal. Hanging around Garrett, 
will never make you a Navy SEAL. Right. Right. <laughs> you can learn from him, but you you have no idea the price that he paid. Yeah. And there's only a few in the world that ever get picked to do that. But attitude mm-hmm. and the desire to do what no one. When Garrett was a young boy, I never saw a Navy SEAL in him. Great kid, loved him, but I never saw when, when his dad said, he's going, Navy SEAL. I go, what? And then every time I'd see him come back, I still remember the time he had a scab on the top of his head that was about four inches long and two inches wide. I said, what in the world? That's from carrying the boat. Yeah. Don't give up. So amazing what, of course, everything that he learned there, and he chose to make the tough choices. He's carrying it into his walk with yeah, God. He's carrying that into the lives of the men that he's speaking yeah. well, into. Well, I, I learned, you know, my life's shaped by Pastor Keith just like yours is. My, I mean, my life's shaped by my father. My life's shaped by you, by men who said, you know, I'm going to choose to live a life that's not for me. And so for me, joining the military and going off to the SEAL teams, I felt like I had to, I felt like I was representing our family, not just the Uncle Bach family, but the Elevate Life Church family uh, and, and represent and, and fighting for this country. But I felt like I was doing something for people who couldn't do it, right? Like, I have to go do this. There's a quote by Edmund Burke that shaped me when I was young. said that evil prevails when good men choose to do nothing. Dude, right? you're right. And there's, there's two times in my life, Rod, where I've prayed this prayer, and you've probably prayed this prayer before too. There's two times in my life, one of them when I was about 18, where I prayed to the Lord. I said, why did you make me this way? Because I, I don't understand. Like, you've given me abilities. you made me think a certain way. You've put experiences in me that I don't know where I'm supposed to use this. And so the first time I prayed that prayer, immediately the Lord opened the door for me to go into the SEAL teams. Because I knew I could do things that most people can't do or don't want to do, and I'm willing to do things that other people don't want to do. And I said, God, why did you make me this way? Yeah, it's uh, when I watch, you know, your mom. And when I first met your mom and dad, you were a little boy who went to yeah. Florida. And the, the DNA between the two of your mom and your dad, I see it in you all the time. Yeah. And, and it's just, and it's, it's I can there. respectfully say that I got the best of both of my parents. Yes, yeah. you did. Yes, you did. You know, I think um, carrying on with, as I grew into the success, success is not financial success you because you, you've made the money that most people only dream of exactly yes yeah yes and, and what and what what were some of the negatives of that for you to so get he, to a place that most people only dream of accomplishing what you've accomplished and you've been there and realized it wasn't everything so here's the real deal you know uh, and i'm at 62 about to be 63 the season that i'm coming into the promises you know have sown seed for years in the world's eyes if you look at the business world, they, they could see me as a failure because I've been two, three times, built great companies, didn't go so well. We won't get deep into that. But the most important part of all that, anytime, I don't care, don't ever put your financial success in front of who, not what you are making, but who you are becoming. Yeah, that's right. Because God's purpose for you is to, from glory to glory, to become like Christ. Mm. And everything, and God does use everything. I've been through a whole lot of, you know, from the time we started robbing for 18 years, never lost money, profitable every year. We were we made the cover of Cat Financial's World Report 
which may be a curse. I don't know if you ever <laughs> want to make that. But none of that, in that, the spirit of mammon, the pure part of, there were days when I did not have my arms around the company. It had its arms around me. Yeah. I had a dear friend who is now the general manager of Holt, Baxter, Baxter, uh, J.K. Baxter, called me. And he said, Rod, I'm praying for you. He said, dude, you're on a treadmill. And he said, mm. you're running 100 miles an hour, and it's going to kill you. And I didn't know how I was going to get this thing under control because I knew there was areas of my life, you know, I was social drinking, whatever you had to do to close the deal, not crazy stuff that Pastor Keith likes to talk about sometimes. But <laughs> I was I was lukewarm. Ag- exaggeration for the point. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. But uh, – when Pastor Keith called me out that Saturday morning at a men's prayer breakfast, had me stand up, and he said, Rod, I've done all I can do. I remember that. All I can do for you, I'm turning you over to God. The next Sunday or the next, it was maybe two weeks, I'm sitting on the second row, and I know he's speaking to me totally out of love. Uh, there were people that told him they ought to kick me out of the church. The man has stayed with me, believed in me, prayed for me, encouraged me direct giving me direction correction and totally loved me that's about the second sunday i was sitting on the second row and i said god how do i get back to you because from the time i was 14 i had been in the word the the stress of the farm with my dad i read the word every day i ran three miles every night while everybody was in bed i was but i knew god would bring me out of loyal oklahoma i had no idea how right anyway you get to this point and now i'm going god how do i get back because Mm -hmm. i knew that one-on-one relationship was not there it was it was lukewarm it was covered with finances you know you get to a point in your life where i had enough money i had an attorney for family issues i had attorney for business issues i had an attorney for financial contracts insurance i had attorneys just throw money at them and they handled everything but you get so separated i'm sitting in church on the second row (laughs) Pastor Keith, we're talking two or three times a week, but I am miserable, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. He's staying there. He's the one that stood up, and he called me on it. That's when Rodman, and when we had that meeting with Cap Financial and Dear Credit and Chubb in the same room, literally the bonding company said, we have never, we don't see how you could go broke. You continue to manage the way you are. You're so, t- so two of the, just to give the, the audience a little bit of context here, two of the largest equipment manufacturers in the world and a bonding and surety company, which, you know, insures construction worth hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, all of them sitting in the room in a dinner that Rod's paying for, and all of these people want his business and telling him, you're so good you can't fail. That's basically what, what was said. Literally, in a year's time, things that lined up, fuel prices shot through the roof. We got sued for entering the market in San Antonio by the Yanis brothers. Cost five and a half million dollars in attorneys. Sued just for getting into a competition with them. Yes, of course. This is not only America, this is the state of Texas. We're a proven company for 15 years. 80% of the clientele that we're working for there, their main offices are in Dallas, Texas, Right. right? Yeah. But they have been around for four generations there. They fire up 14 counts, $14 million lawsuit. Takes a year and a half to two years. <laughs> I remember one morning we're in the Hyatt, and I've got the attorneys in the room. I open the windows, and I'm looking right at the Alamo. And I said, you know what, boys? 
Every man in that Alamo was a man. He stood for everything that was right. All of them died. Are we going to die here? <laughs> they all go, oh, no, 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 you're good. Well, ultimately, we won on all 14 counts, but it was $5.5 million a year and a half of my life. Deposition, semi-loads of paperwork and all the crap. But that set us back because I lost really relationships. I was so busy doing that. Mm -hmm. But everything, God put it together. You know, <laughs> when Pastor Keith said, I'm turning, turning you over to God, when God decided, when God said, I'll show you how I get you back, mm -hmm. he took Robin. It turned in a year's time. It was in the basement, and then I went through the. Were jump. you praying during that time, like God? What are you doing? Or were you? Did you feel like this is God's hand? You know, it was a it was a little bit of all of it, Garrett. Always, I've trusted God. When when God brought me out of Loyal, Oklahoma, got me to Frisco, Texas, and I saw for eighteen years pure success in my life, right? And of course, love God, and I'm in church, I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm doing all that. But ultimately, the demand, you have to very, you, so core values, let me just say something about that. Before, yes. I had, eh, I had core values, eh, this, that, whatever. Ultimately, when I was finished, I, here's the core values in my lowest part of my life. My relationship with God first, my wife second. <laughs> Makes me emotional because I was so stupid. My children third. My health is fourth. My uh, significant alignments are fifth. My job is sixth. And when I live that, everything that I've been through, when I live those core values, my life is right. No matter what's going on in the so financial good. world, yeah. no matter what's going on anywhere else. When I live God's word, right, and you keep those core values right, everything else. And I have been through failures, even to this point, I'm telling you, we talked about it last night. Believers need to change their perspective on what looks like in the world to be failures in their life because God uses the crushing. That's right. God uses the fire. Isaiah 43, when you walk through the deep water, the river, it won't overtake you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Mm. So it that, And two verses later, so that you may know that I am the Lord your God. The deep, the deep water... And in, in the like baptism is yes. significant of the deep water that yes. you go underneath the water because this is a place where you you can't see the bottom. You're literally beyond your own ability. You're beyond your own control. And that's what so in that scripture where it talks about the depths, it's saying this is a place where you can't stand. Yes, you know Garrett. What and I've thought about this a hundred times. You told me in your training, one of the toughest parts was your underwater stuff, and yeah, they drowned absolutely. you twice. And brought you back. And I said, dude, what, what did you learn? He goes, you know what? The drowning part, it really, it's not that bad. Just as long as you know they're going to bring you back, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> it's, yeah. Drow but, drowning isn't what kills you. Staying unconscious underwater for long periods of time is what kills you. Gotcha. Unconscious is just yeah. passing out. Very yeah. logical. Now, Rod, I want to make sure that I'm understanding this right. Because like, for anybody else that's listening to this for the first time, this is my first time hearing this as well. And so I'm, I'm enjoying hearing this. I want to make sure I'm extrapolating some of the lessons for anybody. Okay. So you you grow up, you're serving God, right? Yep. You build this amazing company. Yep. Your your was your understanding like God's blessed me. Look at all this finance, and and that that's a result of it. And did that kind of turn to a point? You said you kind of finance and economics became everything. Did you was there a sense that because you were giving to the church that you could kind of 
do what you wanted in a lot of other areas or, or what was your what was your mindset at that time no it's just i'm telling you guys the spirit of mammon how many people just look at our church how many men have come in set under the teaching of pastor keith and from leadership to the word to mastermind or whatever have grown successful companies sold them for millions never darkened the door of our church again mm. so the spirit, they were about themselves. It's always about themselves. And I'm just telling you, the, everybody says, if I had $10 million, I would do this. Mm-hmm. Telling you, the spirit of mammon is a very powerful, powerful deal. So the, the, the enemy is really crafty. And like I noticed this, this you, you'll appreciate this, Rod, and I'm going to connect this back to money. The enemy is really crafty. I remember coming home from the military, and it's just always been a part of some somewhat of American culture in the last twenty years, po- or at least post nine eleven, that people are bothered by by Muslims and Islamic culture. Yes. And I remember coming home. We used to have a men's leader who encouraged that, right? And I told guys, I said, the en- the devil's very crafty, and that he'll make someone that's easy for Christians to hate. Be careful of feeling that way, right? Because that's that's not that's not biblical. Right. And so I, I use that as an example, like even, you know, Islamic culture or, or Muslim culture that like it would be OK for Christians to feel that way. It's not. It never is. And it's not biblical. The enemy does the same thing with money. He's really crafty. And then he says, if, if you'll just worship this, this is what, you know, you, you think God's going to give you money. Why don't you just chase money? Because that's what God was going to give you anyways. God mm-hmm. wants to bless you, doesn't he? And so because the enemy always whispers a half truth. Yeah. Right. God will bless you, but that's not God's entire purpose in our life. Right. But we say, oh, yeah, God, God will bless me. So why don't I just chase the blessing? Right. You know, and I think I said something last night, but it just in the last few months. So investments that have been made over years, they're starting to come to fruition. They're going to sell. There'll be. You've got some seed that's been in the ground for 15 yeah. years, 20 years. Yeah, 15 years. And uh, but here's what the Lord is showing me. He said, you think you need the word and you need to walk with me in the tough times. And he uses the tough times to draw us to him. Right. Because when we get, I remember when I was at the bottom, when Rodman was going down, I told you last night, I would go to the office for four or five hours, take care of whatever. I would go home literally at noon, start reading the word. And I would look up before 30 in the afternoon. I buried myself in the word. The word has been what has maintained me from the time I was 14 carried me to this point but the lord told me he said where i'm taking you this everyone pastor Keith, said i've sown seed for 40 years of my life big seed haven't seen big returns but it's never about the return it's about who you are becoming and when the return mm. god owns it all yeah and the stewardship that pastor Keith so talks about what you teach garrett and what so many men in america don't understand Everything that you have, God has given you. That's right. And if you don't steward it, and when wealth comes, it becomes that much harder because you get sloppy, right? Oh, I want this. I'll go buy this. Pretty soon, Mama, you know what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, as riches increase, so do they that eat them. Mm. So guy goes from 100 to 200,000. He's got a new car in the garage. He goes and buys a new car. The debt payment is still there. To be debt-free... I am debt-free all but a few, couple hundred thousand on a house. All the real estate, everything on is debt-free. But in business, sometimes you need to borrow money, but you got to be careful because the what? The borrower is slave to the lender. So that takes wisdom from God, just like you, Garrett, as a young 
businessman. You're seeing all this in the development world or the construction world. It's so crazy right now. All that takes wisdom. But to back that up, what the Lord has shown me is you need your everything that you will ever do for the kingdom. And from this day forward, and I know that I don't believe that I've truly stepped into what God totally created me for. Mm. All this has been process, right? That's right. Job, 42 chapters of process, six verses of the promise. So what, what it's so much more important when the finances come, and I'll say this to you, and that's why what you guys are doing with these young men Get the biblical principle, the foundation. And that's why when I talked to him last night, I don't care. Methods are many, principles are few. Methods change, principles never do. There are patterns in the Bible. Yes, there are. Anyone can follow those. It's like the law of reciprocity. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. It's the same law that brings the sun up in the east, sets it in the west every day. It's God's faithfulness. But if you don't, Keep your relationship. God, Jesus died on the cross, shed the blood, rent the veil that we can go directly to the throne of grace every day. God loves us so much. He wants relationship every minute of every day with us. And the bottom line, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you've got. God wants relationship. Everything that you'll ever truly give to your wife, to your family, to the kingdom has to come through your personal relationship with Christ himself, the word of God comes alive in you, right? That's where the power of God flows. And I, I'm, hey, I, maybe it, <laughs> I'm going to be 63 and it's taken me this long to get it. So I've been, I've been high, I've been low. I've been, we talked about it last night, the scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go read the prerequisite to that. Paul is right. talking about, I've lived with much, I've lived with little, I've been shipwrecked, I've been all this. All the trials that he went through, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not the hoorah. And it's in the simple things. Yes. So much of my God context was increased, was expanded in the military, right, by the way they do things. I can train a guy to be gun capable in 30 minutes. Yeah. Right, like I can make him semi-capable with a gun in 30 minutes. I can teach you how to point it in a safe direction, teach you how to reload it, put it on fire, how to shoot, all of that. Well, the military spent, you know, years and millions of dollars training me. Just the portion in the six months of buds where massive pain, massive pain inflicted on me for the tiniest of mistakes. You're, oh, when you pulled your finger off the trigger and put it on safe, it should have been it should have been an inch in a different position. Take this tire, run it a mile up the hill and back. You won't ever do that again, right? That deep level of training to prepare you to get to a. And it's like, why is that such a big deal, right? The standards are so high because when you master the basics, that's when you become so capable. And it's like at the end of the day, I come out of that machine and it's like, well, I can do this. I can shoot just like the guy that I spent thirty minutes with training him can shoot. But the difference is I won't make mistakes under pressure. The difference is I can be trusted in the most difficult circumstances to not make mistakes, and I'm trusted that I won't quit. And I think about that in the way that God works with us, yes. right? It's like you can make it really easy on your son and say, here, let me, let me make it comfortable for you. Let me teach you in the easiest way. Or you can say, like, let me teach you with all the hardest lessons. I'm going to throw sand in your eyes. You learn this lesson. You'll never forget it, right, to prepare you. Because what, what – 
the military can do with the Navy SEAL after you've trained with, the, with those basics with the rifle, well, if I can trust you with that, now I can trust you with this. Go out and do this mission that's going to, you know, has a massive impact on the American future. And this is just a few guys, but we know that we can trust you. And I look at it that way with the way that God works with us, right? Sometimes, like, and I know you, I haven't lived near much life as you have rod but as i've gone through as i've made mistakes as i've gone through difficult stuff and and you're a model for me in this that when i make these diff, go through these difficult seasons it's like man god's just shaping me to pre- this is preparation for the time where god say now you're ready now i can deploy you right the military gave me context for preparation and deployment and so many people never want to prepare so they're never going to get deployed you know i think garrett too went up when i listened to you at your young age and the way you speak to the men under your authority and mighty men and you know, the only be strong and courageous and that it seems like, okay, are we done with that? No, because that's truly is the bottom line in the arena that God has called you to be great in greatness. He's going to crush you the most in mm-hmm. and in the financial realm, you know, I've got friends that are worth hundreds of millions, billions, and they look at me, and I'm telling you got them, friends that everyone in the world knows their name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and you know, a lot of them. I've, I was talking to one the other day. Uh, I helped him get started when he was 22. He just sold 60, 40 percent of his company for 30 million. Now they put 100 million behind him to grow it again. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know, uh, he he. I went out and did a horse ranch for him, high end, half a million dollar horses. And he looked at me, and he said, "Man, Rob, what?" What are you doing out here? I'm out there <laughs> running the skid steer, building the whole deal. But at this season in my life, I said, Sean. Because he knows what you're capable of. That's oh, why he's asking you that question. He loves me deeply. This guy loves God. He gave a half a million to a great church that was built in Prosper. I don't want to give the guy's name. And the last time I talked to him, he said, man, I, I need to come to your freedom. I got to get back in the word. But he's running with wrong alignment. Yeah. But he's a precious guy. I love this Will you guy. talk about alignments, Rod, from your context? Because yes. you've been so shaped by pastor, and I know you know that lesson. We've talked about it here. I'd love to hear you talk about it. <clears throat> do you, you, know, you want to? I'm sorry to keep no, interrupting. Okay. Do you want to finish that thought? Because I feel like you were about to talk about something with you. Have some friends that are very well known, and they look at you. Was that a thought yeah, that was completed yeah, let me, let me, before we go let to me finish yeah. that thought? <clears throat> they are literally, and there's almost a stigma with me. Several of them have said, "Man, I, I need you to come. This guy, I need you to come help me grow this to a hundred million." Because I've told him, I said. Dude, at fifty million, the company looks a certain way. Yeah. You jump to a hundred, the dynamics change. Your leadership, if they can't grow with you, they'll destroy you. Yeah. Anyway, he goes, Man, I, I need to bring you there. He said it four or five times. So I just said to him the other day, I said, Do you want me to come help? He goes, Well, I do, man. But he said, You know, my other friends that we all know, yeah. he said, yeah. they just we when when we talk, we just we all go, What is Rod doing? What? There's a stigma they don't understand. I said, Sean, it's okay. I love you. If you want my help, call me. If not, I'm good. I said, you just haven't heard the rest of the story. And the rest of the story, I'm walking it out. I don't know what it looks like either, but it's not over. And these guys, they call me for advice the whole deal. But I'm I'm just telling you, my life, and I firmly believe all this that I've gone through, you know, I threw – I just want to I want to pause on that for a oh, yeah. second. These are the things that most people never see or never never understand or experience. Rod just gave a glimpse of that. Mm. Rod's chosen to live a life that he knows is right. He has some of the wealthiest and most powerful people 
constantly trying to say, Rob, what are you doing over there? Come back over here, be with us. Yeah. And many people would fail that test. I honor you for that, Rob. See, and I, you know, with a couple of them, I've had to, I've called Pastor Keith to get permission just to go on a hunting trip. Yeah. And uh, he told me, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. pheasant hunt. He said, you're the only Jesus those people that, will ever meet. And he'll see. Yeah. Can you handle it? I said, yes, I can. He said, then you need to go. Mm. But I always get permission from Pastor Keith when it comes to crossing those lines with alignments. I have chosen. You know what's funny? Will you, will you explain from your context? It's different for me as a 33-year-old man. It's very different for you. For your, You're a person. It, you know, I know you have the, you have the dominant energy. You have the, you have the authority of wealth. But you could say, I don't need anybody's permission. Right. Why do you live that way? Well, so I learned it the hard way with Pastor Keith. That whole deal, you're the priest, I'm the king. You know, when you look in the Bible, hey, the kings in the Old Testament were important, but if you really look at the ones that didn't listen to the prophets, out of 27 kings in the Old Testament, only two finished strong. 25 failed. Yeah. 99% of the time it was because they did not listen to the priest or they just belligerently refused to honor God anymore mm. in their life. So when I got to the point, you know, Pastor Keith talks about many teachers, few fathers. Yeah. Right. And it was really a, about the time, really after the time when he called me out and said, I'm turning you over to God. I had to make the choice. And when I looked at what Pastor Keith says, you follow me as I follow Christ. If I don't, don't follow me. I have known Pastor Keith for 30 plus years. The man, out of all the people I've known in my life, the man walks what he talks almost to a point of brutality but he walks when he talks i had to choose and i chose and i told him you're my spiritual father and i'm gonna listen to you and i tell people every day if you'll just do (laughs) what he tells you to do biblically yeah i promise you your life will go well Mm -hmm. not saying you won't have issues but you will win in the end yeah and there's so many they go ah i don't now i don't i don't believe that or they take the part of the uh, prosperous part. Yeah. But they don't want the obedience part. Yeah, they don't they, want the they, obedience they part. They don't want the discipline part. You know, hey, you can have anything you want if you're willing to pay the price. That's right. Pastor Keith told Josh that from the time he was a baby. There's so much truth to that. So in my alignments, here's truly what you got to, where I had to draw the line. Do these people know the Lord? That's the first if. If they don't, I can be a friend. I can talk to them, whatever. I will not engage my family. I will not engage myself in whatever their lifestyle is. Lifestyle is out. I go to, I go home. I spend time with my family. And, you know, Scott, your dad, during that time, your dad called me multiple times when I went through the divorce. Scott called me multiple times, encouraged me, told me he loved me. I can't tell you how many times. So, Scott was one, but when I was the lukewarm and I was drinking, I brought your dad up here one time to hunt. I had some crown. I asked your dad, and he goes, no, I'm okay. And he goes, it's all right. That's what you want to do, but I'm okay. Scott has always walked that line also. So I knew that I had to choose. Well, one, there were so many men in the church, like Mike Escobedo. Mike did not become my accountability partner until I made the choice to honor God honor Pastor Keith as my spiritual father and choose to start aligning myself with people 
that had the same. They loved God. They wanted to grow. They're going in the same direction as you. Yes. And what you said last night, Garrett, doesn't matter about what kind of business he's in or not. We can all grow from each other and we can bless each other. We, you know, I, I have the dream. You could, you can meet somebody on vacation and you and Mike are sitting there together and talk about it. We're do, we do the same thing, right? And that's, even though he's a vet and you're a dirt work guy, you guys can talk to somebody you've just met and say, Hey, we do the same thing. Yeah. Mike's a veterinarian for those that don't know Mike, which is most of the people listening. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike is, uh, I'm the, uh, influencer responder <laughs> he is the what would he be he is what's pastor keith pastor keith is a shaper influencer mover. yeah okay this is kendall life languages for those that don't know what we're referring to yeah that's right mike is basically shaper mover yeah so i want to get emotional if it's something i'm questioning pastor keith whatever i call mike it's like it's about a six word answer dude get your head out of your whatever <laughs> so but he became my accountability partner and to this day if i don't call mike which i try to call him a couple times a week he will call me three days a week on his way to work i don't care rain snow mud or blood he's going to call me and it's always how you doing brother anything i can pray for you with so those kind of alignments him of course pastor keith your dad scott scott is one that after really him and mike are a lot the same I'll go to them for, for spiritual wisdom, for advice, whatever, and I'm going to get the word. And that's the kind of people you have to align yourself with. You know, we're st- we're in the world. We're not of the world. Guys like the, the guy I'm talking about, he, he has a wonderful heart. I love that man. And I believe there'll come a day when I'm going to get the chance to lead him to the Lord. I just believe that. I believe that with you. So even Dennis Rodman, you know, the man still has my phone number. Mm-hmm. And I, I firmly believe the short time that we were together, we bought him out after three or four years. But when he's he's going to find the bottom, he's going to hit the bottom. I have believed it since the day I met him. I'm going to lead him to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So maybe, but alignments are so important. And I'm telling you another thing. You can truly count on one hand real alignments that bring value to your life, add depth to your life, bring wisdom mm. to your life. And it's not that you can't love the others and serve the others. You serve hundreds. But how many in your life, truly, Garrett, do you have that you are, you could truly bear your soul, you can trust their wisdom, the whole deal? If you really think I, about it. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in that I can say I've got about a half a dozen of those. Okay. And that's a... That's honestly that's a, a lot. lot. So yeah. that's six. Yeah. I said one hand. So you have, but no, that's the truth. And I truly think when you start at a young age like you. I've had a lot of people show me the way. That's right. And so you got the wisdom early. So you started making those alignments. And the, your life, well, will become what? It'll be the sum of the three or the five people you hang yeah, out with. That's right. right? Yeah. So, so much wisdom in the alignment deal. And there's so much wasted life. Wasted energy, wasted wisdom, wasted gifting, wasted uh, anointing. When you're hanging out with the wrong people, mm. you're wasting your time. You're wasting God's gift to you. Let me ask you something, Ron. That's what a, if that's what a wasted life is, what do you think a purposeful life is? Oh, purposeful life is, and I, I may sound redundant, but the older I get, 
the only way you will live the God-purposed life, which is where you're truly going to be fulfilled. You're going to find peace. What all the great gifts of the Spirit, the, Holy Spirit, the purposeful life is first, as Pastor Key said in the triad. You have to become everything you can be. Your relationship with Christ has got to be number one. Any other relationship, whether it be marriage or other alignments in business, just like you said, everyone in that team, whatever that team is, you have got to spend time with the Lord. You have got to grow in your relationship with him. True wisdom comes from God. Knowledge, Satan has knowledge. True wisdom for any principle, any any unseen wisdom, it all comes from God, and it only comes through your relationship with him. You have to have a personal relationship. You know, at this time of my life, when I get up in the morning, every morning, I look at creation. I'm mm-hmm. thankful. When I'm out in there in the stand, even while I'm sitting with Nathan, I'm looking around, I'm going, God, thank you, just that we have a piece of property that we can come out and see. I watch the bald eagles. Oh, yeah, the wildlife. It's beautiful. The yeah, it's gorgeous. So when your mind, when when you are kingdom-minded, to be kingdom-minded, you have to be God-minded. You have to be Jesus' relationship. He shed the blood to open the doors. There is nothing that separates you from him. And sin, if it's confessed, it's forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You can talk to him anytime. Ask for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. He'll give it. When that relationship is rich, every other relationship in your life will benefit, and the purpose for which God created you, you will fulfill only, in my opinion, through that channel. So, Rod, I said I wanted to ask you just a couple more questions before we go because we got to get out and hunt. Yes. Uh, it's about that time. What what encouragement or wisdom would you give to somebody? Uh, think about a business owner who's either been through a struggle you know, been through something like what you've been through or to a business owner who feels like they just don't have a sense of purpose in their business. They feel like maybe they feel like you did at a point where the business just has their arms around them instead of their arms around the business. I think uh, every successful, what I call truly successful business people that I've talked to, they've all experienced that sometimes multiple times. Yeah. Uh, Whatever season's going on, what, when things are going on that they, they don't understand or can't get their arms around, uh, we all question ourselves, you know, am I in the will of God? Am I doing the right thing? God, if I sin, is, is this punishment? There's a million things right. that go through your mind. But what I've learned is every day, take it one day at a time, do your best, be a student, uh, be responsible. When times are good, be a steward of your money. You can talk about don't overextend debt to equity ratio. Yeah. Whatever you want to talk about. No one, all the brilliant guys, most of the guys that have made it that I've talked to have failed one, two, even three times. You just don't timing is everything. And you know, God's whole plan for what's going on, what's going on around the world right now. We look at our, our government. We look at the spending. We look at all God knows Each day, do your best. Spend time in the Word. Ask for God's wisdom. God, if you ask, he'll give freely. The rest of it, I can get inside my head, and guys, I have been down a thousand rabbit trails Mm -hmm. trying to figure my way out of something or into something. 
what I've really learned is spend time with the Lord, love my wife, keep my children in front of me, close to me, take care of my health. He's given me this temple, take care of it. That's right. Because I need to live, <laughs> I need to live to be old to, to finally get, <laughs> not say finally, but to truly walk out the purpose for which God created me. When you look in the Bible, uh, Moses, 40 years a Hebrew, born a Hebrew, raised as a Egyptian, 40 years in the desert. He was yeah. 80 years old when he met the burning bush. That's right. To spend 40 years to lead the children of Israel. And even then he got to see, but he never got to enter. Look at Abraham, your favorite guy. The man's 75 years old. God tells him he's 100 when he has a child. At 115, God says, now, go kill the promise I gave you. Yeah. Right? So everything, when you, when you, if you place your life under the authority of God, and you're in the word, right? And you're walking, God, make me everything you created me to be. He's going to bring it. He, one thing he's done with me, he has protected me through every arena that I thought was truly failure. It wasn't failure. Here's one thing I've learned. Good times, I was told this by a, probably a billionaire. You'll learn, son, that the good times are never really as good as they seem. Mm. And the bad times are never really as bad as they seem. Yeah. It's all about your perspective. Mm, praise the so Lord. when you're going through what you're going through, just know what Pastor Keith say, grow through it. Yeah. yeah. Don't just go through it. And if you commit yourself to the Lord every day, I promise you, he will bring you through. I've, God has been faithful. One thing I can say in my life, God is absolutely faithful in everything that I've been through from my childhood to here. And the older I get, the more. I appreciate the number one most important thing in my life is my relationship yeah. with Christ Amen. and all the blessings. You know, I'll say one thing about, I think I said it last night here several years ago, I was complaining all the seed that I've sown, God, I'm just not seeing the return, you know, some 30, some 60, some a hundred fold. I hadn't seen it, but the Lord told me, get a piece of paper. I want you to write down everything on that piece of paper that I have blessed you in that money cannot buy. Yeah, And when I look at my relationship with him, of course, priceless, my wife, my children, my health, I'm 63 years old. I don't take a pill for anything, mm. right? And I've had neck surgery, but I've beat myself up on equipment, but I'm healthy. Yeah. So I get to get up every yeah. day and still enjoy, get to do what I want to do. All those things are what money cannot buy. Finances, I firmly believe that God wants to bless his people to be financial giants yes. for the kingdom. You can't just walk into a financial blessing and know how to handle it. That's right. Every, you look at, look at Asa. He's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. When he called on God, right? God said, stand still, delivered them all for 34 years. There were no wars and God blessed him financially. When Judah came at him, he said, mm, we got enough money. Go hire Syria to go kick their butt that's where the scripture comes. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro yes. throughout the whole earth to see those who are loyal to him. Mm. What that word means in the Hebrew there is it means totally dependent. Yeah, that's right? right. And what did the prophet say? In this you have done poorly. And here's what happened. He got a disease in his feet, never called on God, called the magicians and the witches and the whole deal. A year later, he died from the disease in his feet because he refused to call on God, and God had delivered him, mm. giving him 34 years of success in total peace, and yet the money destroyed him. That's why I firmly believe that 
the men that God is calling right now, and a bunch of them are under your leadership, Garrett, Pastor Keith's leadership, and I know you honor all that authority. But the foundation has to be built, and that foundation is and to have a relationship with Christ, you have to be courageous, period. Amen. Every minute of every day, it takes courage to walk out of a relationship with Christ. They, we have got to teach these men to be grounded, and that is the most important thing in their life. When that is solidified, God then can take them where he wants them to go. Mm. Because I'm telling you, you know, as we've talked about, the spirit of mammon, the power that finances bring, it destroys so many people. So to be kingdom people when we talk about kingdom businesses right alignments where i see i would love to have multiple men mike and i talk about scott and i've talked about it you've talked about it but we're the old men so we talk about a little (laughs) bit more we're running out of time but to see multiple businesses created by right alignments in the kingdom right that are nothing but kingdom yeah now then the church has to mature to be able to handle that there are so many churches. You give them money, they don't. They blow it. They That's don't right. do it, and they they're not kingdom minded. They're not. They're not. Te- Our house teaches the word. That's one thing about Pastor Keith and Josh. Promise you, you're going to hear the word. And as Pastor Keith said, let the word speak for itself. Right. So. That's where we have to get. And the bottom line. That's what I'm going to tell you. What I've learned in 63 years is, when my relationship with the Lord is right, I can handle anything. Good news, bad news, anymore. My faith has grown because of my relationship in Christ and truly what he's shown me from the word, the promises he's given me, and the promises I've seen fulfilled. And it's really the richness of your relationship when you know the Lord and you know the Holy Spirit is alive and well and you're walking with him. When I see people and the Holy Spirit speaks to me to say something, when you ask me to say a word, when I and I always offer my mouth to the Holy Spirit. When I I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking, I know it's not me. I have that confidence that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. I can walk, I can live, I can be happy. That's what brings true joy. Happiness is a fruit to me of true joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I'll stop. You you answered my last question, so I'll, I'll skip that. But you'll appreciate this, Rod. I know you feel this way. Um, cause one of the things you're saying, I feel like is the way that I live. Something I pray is, you know, I pray that the Lord will bless me, but here's one of my constant prayers that no amount of money will ever ruin me because I know you, you talked about it. You talked about values in your life as your guiding force. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the power of principles when you, when you have the wisdom and the experience, when you know what works, you know, you, you're, you're a true farmer. I've just, I just, what I know about farming, I've learned from you, but you put a seed in the ground and you water it and you put it in the right season. It's going to grow. That's my greatest encouragement in life that if I put a, I don't have to say, man, God, when are you going to make this seed grow? I don't have to pray that, right? If I do what God says, it's going to work. So my prayer is that no amount of money would ever ruin me because I know I'm going to do what God's asked of me. I know I'm going to honor principles. I'm going to continue to learn principles. I'm going to live by my values and I know God will bless me. And I pray that that money will never ruin me. No, and I believe it won't. Garrett, you've got enough foundation in you that uh, I believe I believe you will be financially blessed. There's no doubt in my mind. I believe your dad's going to see that too in his lifetime. Uh, he's been a faithful, you know, um, one thing I'll say, seed money, our tithe is very important, but time, I can always make more money. Yeah. 
But when you sow time, which you do, your dad has done faithfully. When we built that church. He spent hundreds and hundreds of hours managing that. And he valued, engineered millions out of that, that building. But the older I get, the more I appreciate people that don't have the finances, but when they serve with their time, because we all get the same amount of hours yep. in a day. And people that sow time, their time, it's extremely important now. Of course, it takes the treasure to build the kingdom. But uh, when we keep it right, and you keep money in its right place, money is a commodity. It's just like when I have a construction company, I need diesel. Right. If I don't have diesel, iron doesn't run, right? Money is a commodity to do what needs to be done in the kingdom. When what, what money does, and this, it's our human nature, it's our flesh. When there's plenty of money, my necessity to spend time with God lessens because I think I'm good. I think yeah. I'm, I'm good. So you just got to really be careful. You have to keep money in its place. You know, what people don't see about Pastor Keith, he's very conservative. He's a, he's a great steward of money. You know, he's got a few sports he is. cars. He's very frugal. But I'm telling you, there's suits I see on that stage. <laughs> he probably wouldn't want me to say this, but there's a lot of them that are 10, 15 years old, still wears. Well, I see the way he manages is, you know, he has a lot of things that are very valuable, but yes. he manages them in a very frugal way. Yes. And, hey, when I he needed a welder to fix his gate, I said, I've got one. He's $450. Uh, <laughs> somebody found him one that would go do it for $85. He sent back a smile. He goes, I like the $85 a lot better. But if you're not concerned about the little things, yeah. Big, big things will get away. So Pastor Keith is very, he's very aware always what's going on financially around him. And that's godly wisdom. really. Well. Absolutely. Nick, let's finish. I, I know you had one last yeah, question. So I feel like when I'm listening to you talk about what happened with Rodman, I'm just, I'm always trying to learn, man. So I'm trying, I'm looking at the lessons that you've talked about. Some of the things you talked about is alignments big time. You talked about how intentional you are about who you align your life with now. And I feel like that's a reflection of, some of the people that you were aligned with back then that were telling you things that eventually led you to a different mentality. You've also touched about keeping God first. You talked about core values. You talked about principles. Like these are really valuable lessons that you've pulled out after experiencing the highest high and, and having Rodman fall apart. Do, do you have anything else? Like was there, what do you put Rodman falling apart to? You know, Nick, that's a f- great question. And of course I've thought about it for since 2008. That's when it fell. And there was, personal condemnation there was failure i took i still take complete responsibility i was the president ceo 50 50 partners with barry but the longer and the further it goes god is showing me that i'm the one that gave you the success i chose to remove the success for your growth Mm. and really as i look back i'm uh i'm blessed to have been a leader in that company. There were so many wonderful people that worked there, all the great families. Truly, Robin, you know, I, I tell people, if you look at the world, the world will look at, I'm a failure. Cowboy trucking, I started when I was 18 years old, came back from Liberty Baptist College in three years, doing $3 million a year. When the oil field shut down, I lost $1.4 million. It, it went away. Came down and started Rodman. Rodman goes for 18 years, profitable every year, grows with this magnificent company, the whole deal. It goes away. When I started Vilhire back up, because of the alignments, mm-hmm. one alignment was right in that, the second one wasn't. The first alignment died. As soon as he did, the second alignment started taking advantage. So that could seem a failure. 
But I know the greatest thing out of all that is my growth, my true trust mm-hmm. in God. And, and that, that could sound super spiritual, but only your journey is your journey. Yeah. And you have to walk that every day. Don't waste a day. Uh, uh, what's the word? Don't, don't waste a day worrying about yesterday. And when Paul said, one thing I do, I forget about you yesterday. You can't add one minute to your life by worrying. Yeah. You're right. So whatever it is, take the good from it. Because in the, in the depths of the hell of the failure, I grew to know the Lord in ways I would never. The Lord literally spoke to me almost daily. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the encouragement that it took. But God, <laughs> God always knows what it takes to get you to the next step as long as you stay committed. And in that is in when you, that's where you truly get to know who God is. Right? When Abraham had the faith that you talked about last night, Garrett, of when God said, go sacrifice, Abraham said, I believe God can raise him from the dead. Right? So I'm going to, and when you can get to that point, to literally, and I think about it, waited all his life, sand of the seashores, stars of heaven, count them, you're going to be greater than that. He saw one after he was 100 years old, and at 115, God said, now go kill the dream. Mm. Are you willing to do that? That's right. When you get to the point, so through all this, I've come to the point, God, everything belongs to you. My life belongs to you. Whatever you want to do with me belongs to you. So just use me. And when you learn to walk in that peace, then whatever comes, blessing or I don't call it cursing, challenge, whatever. And I promise you, you know, David, how many times in the Bible he said, if it had not been for this affliction, I would not have known you. I read it to the men in freedom one night. There was like 25 verses in Psalms where David says, if it had not been for this affliction, I wouldn't have known you because of this affliction. So David, a man after God's own heart, dude, read. That's why I think he was a man after God's own heart. He was so honest with God. You know, when he was being tormented by his friends, when he was, when battle was coming, whatever it was, he spoke to God exactly what was on his heart. And when God brought whatever, he honored at the end of every chapter. You know, it's like Salah, it's praise you, praise the Lord. I will praise you forever. Mm-hmm. No matter what was going on, he knew God was in control. God was God. Here he was. Here's the guy that 15 years old when he's anointed, 15 years in the cave, yeah. going, okay. Palace, that's, I'm a long way from the palace. It's, it's funny you say 15 years because it's 15 years since Rodman fell, and I'm just thinking about this in, in your life and who you are and the the way that you've changed, the way that you've had an impact on Elevate, the amount of men, that lives that you've touched. You know, you could look at, we could look at your life like, like this is the point you were making. Like people, you know, the world might call me a failure. And I think about everything that you've done in the last 15 years. You might not be, you might not have the children and, and the wife that you have today. If oh. that had happened, you start, you wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be leading freedom like you are today. Rod, Rod would be making lots of money in a different place. And I just think about who you are today and the massive impact you've had on people's lives. And I know you see the value in that like I do. And you wouldn't trade it. I would not trade it. I really, truthfully, I would not trade a day of my life because <laughs> I truly see that the hand of God has been with me every step of the way. So, no. And the rest of the story is not told yet. Yeah, You know, I tell That's Pastor right. Keith all You've the time. You've got a lot of years left I to do. serve. I tell Pastor Keith all the time. And he, he, I said, God has not opened the gate on you yet. You're still in the stable. I don't believe you're doing what God totally created you to do. All you've been doing, Pastor, it's all training. And I promise you, 
mark my words, but and I I believe I'm going to get to be a part of that. Whatever God's going to do with that, and you are too. You are too. So I'm extremely. Uh, you know, the men's ministry in our church has had so many ups and downs. Garrett, you are the first one to come under the authority of Pastor Keith, under the authority of God himself, and what you're doing, it is, it's wonderful. And I Thank see you. I see the fruit. So I'm going to commit to you that I'm going to get involved, I'm going to serve you, and let's get after it. I love you, Rod. Thank I you. I love you too. I honor you. We hope you enjoyed that episode with Rod Vilhauer. There are so many valuable takeaways in there. What was amazing about this episode for Garrett and I is that it was completely unscripted. We just sat down with Rod because he's such a man of wisdom, and we've both been privileged to be in his presence enough times to know that he's a guy we want to talk to about this. I had never actually heard the story before, so a lot of what you heard was me hearing it for the first time as well, and I know I've got a lot to think about, and I hope you do the same. One of the things that we talked about in there with business was his takeaways, and you heard him talk about things like mission, values, alignments, principles. These are all things that we're going to be working with business owners on on our Purpose Driven Profit Accelerator. This was completely unplanned, but as he was talking, Garrett and I were looking at each other because these are the things we know that will keep people on course knowing what their purpose is, having their map for purpose, and also establishing the compass so they can make sure they know that they continue to go where they're supposed to go to be the type of business that is driven by purpose to advance the kingdom of God. As you know as well, we're also going to be walking you through marketing, making sure you come out with a bulletproof marketing plan so you know what you always must do to continue to grow your business. We're only working with 15 businesses, and I want to put out the information again for anybody interested. You can either email us at purpose at theimpossible.life, or you can text the word purpose to 877-237-1735. Both of those are in the show notes. I really hope you enjoyed the episode, regardless of whether you're a business owner or not. There's so many valuable takeaways. See you again soon. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.